I'm the man on the silver mountain. Welcome to the Greens and Blues Sports Eater Podcast. This episode, Zach channels his inner James Hetfield, I learn a new definition for BM, and we go through our individual experiences hiking La Plata Peak. So Eric, we're talking about La Plata Peak today, but before we get there, how are you doing, my friend? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm a little sniffly. So if you hear some snorts and some wheezing uh it's it's old man eric just kind of trying to recover from a little cold here so thanks for asking zach how are you doing i'm doing great i am not sneezing or anything of the sort today (laughs) i also heard that uh you have a new member of your family we do so we have a little puppy that's uh so she's a shiba inu she's about a year old and our previous dog was a shiba inu too so that's kind of how we got familiar with the breed they're unique and they're a lot of fun. So our little uh, Katsumi or Kit Kat, that's our, the new me- member of our family. So she's a lot of fun. That's awesome. What is Katsumi? What does that mean? You know, on online, it seems like there's a lot of different possible definitions for it. And it, it kind of depends on whether it's a male or a female. It can mean victorious. It can mean beautiful. We're just going to go with beautiful and run with that. <laughs> that's awesome. So, Yeah. Shiba Inus cannot hike mountains, correct? Oh, well, they're prone to run away. If they're not like tightly on leash and really obedient to their owner, they're just going to run off and have an encounter with a coyote or something. So it's, they could probably manage it, but that risk of losing them is probably too big. So not really for the trail. Kind of how I was when I was 10 years old. So, (laughs) well, you've grown up since then, huh? You you figured it out? (laughs) Only a little bit. I think we're going to have a story in a minute that will show you how little I grew up throughout at least my teens and 20s. So, yeah, we're going to talk about La Plata Peak. And I think what's fun about La Plata for you and I is is we hiked it separately. And I think literally the only thing that our experiences with La Plata are going to have in common is the summit. That's yeah, that's right. I hiked uh, I hiked it originally in 1998 with a friend of mine from college awesome. and I'll kind of go into that in a, in a little bit. You hiked it this past year. This is, so in 2023, mm-hmm. we can date ourselves a little bit. So there's 25 years separating yeah. you and I, I hiked it a somewhat non-standard route I'll say. And you took the Southwest <laughs> slopes route, correct? <laughs> or Southwest Ridge route. Correct. So, yeah, I think one of the things that we like to talk about here are, just the experience of hiking, not just the technical aspects of it, which you can probably get in a lot of places, but how we felt and what was going on in our world at the time and what that peak was like for us at that, that particular moment. And I think we'll be able to give you kind of two different snippets of life kind of as seen through hiking La Plata Peak today. For sure. One thing that I was thinking through too is uh, I'm not sure how popular 14ers were back in 1998 when you summited La Plata. So I'm not sure if you hiked it with all your new best friends or if it just wasn't quite as much a thing as it is now. So this will give some perspective. It would have been near the end of September and we had the summit to ourselves on a Saturday. 
uh, and La Plata as imagine that these days. Yeah. The parking lot was empty. And this, so in 1998, to give people some context, it's not like I'm an old timer. Now my dad (laughs) hiked La Plata in 1981, I believe, but in 1998, 14ers.com did not exist. We had the Jerry Roach, Colorado's 14ers guidebook. And if anyone has ever read that particular volume, the descriptions of roots are very spare. Yeah. He leaves a lot up to your discretion as a hiker. And you have to kind of know what you're doing. And you'll see where that went terribly awry for my friend and I <laughs> in 1998. But no, 14ers became more of a phenomenon, I think, with the advent of 14ers.com, um, with social media, with better technology to get people into the backcountry with GPSs and phones, and then also better vehicles uh, mm. to give people better access. So when we were hiking then, there were established trails on standard routes, but not much else. And if we go back a generation, like I mentioned my dad, when he hiked a number of these peaks, there weren't even trails. That's amazing. So, a lot has happened. These mountains have become easier to access, but also more crowded. Yep, so for sure, yeah. uh, very different experiences. But um, but before we get to that, a few things about La Plata. So La Plata is in the Swatch Range, so the central range of Colorado. It's located just west of a little town called Twin Lakes. Pro tip: don't speed through Twin Lakes. Uh, <laughs> second pro tip: there's always a police cruiser stationed at the entrance to Twin Lakes as you drive in off of US 24. Most of the time, there is a dummy in the front seat of that uh, police cruiser. Ah, interesting. Yeah. But sometimes there's not. And I know a few people that have gotten speeding tickets for going five miles an hour over the speed limit in Twin Lakes. So mm. don't be that guy or that don't gal. learn the hard way. Yeah. Yeah. La Plata literally, in, if any of you know Spanish, literally means silver for a number of nearby silver mines in particularly south of there, kind of where you were this Mm -hmm. past year, Eric, in Winfield and Vicksburg. So that's how it got its name. Jerry Roach, in his aforementioned classic volume, Colorado's 14ers, says that uh, in simple language, La Plata is steeper than its neighbors. La Plata's standard routes are easy, but it is not surprising that La Plata also offers one of the more interesting technical routes on a Sawatch 14er. We will mention that in a in a in a hot minute. Yeah. <laughs> um, are there anything that you want to add about La Plata, Eric? La Plata is, I feel like it's an interesting animal in that it's number five in the state. The top three are all in the Sawatch. They're all within, I don't know, I think 20 or 30 feet of elevation of each other. And I kind of envision them as kind of the the triumvirate kind of fighting for the top of Colorado because at one point it was thought that Massive was actually taller than Albert and Albert's eight or nine feet taller than Massive. So I see those two along with Harvard as kind of the top three and then Blanca sneaks in there at four and La Plata kind of sits by herself. I almost think of her as like a a solid queen that has kind of confidence just kind of sitting by herself and not easy to get to the summit of. And uh, you mentioned the the standard route is not super tough, and I'm guessing that's the case, but I kind of envision La Plata as her own kind of entity, almost in a dignified way. I don't know if that sounds weird, but that's kind of how I kind of see La Plata. I think that's really apt. I think La Plata, if any of you have 
seen it from the road. It's, it's a really impressive peak. It stands out in the kind of the central Sawatch. It has this lovely Cirque Ridge called Ellingwood Ridge that mm-hmm. kind of caught this kind of sawtooth ridge that forms a Cirque. It's almost like a queen's throne of, <laughs> of sorts. And it really commands a, an interesting position in the central Sawatch there. The views on, from the top of La Plata are fantastic. They are. They and are. the peaks around La Plata kind of all, and you can't help but see La Plata if, if you happen to do 13ers around there, like Rinker Peak or the Sarah's Benchmark or Grizzly Mountain or Mount Hope. They all kind of look upon La Plata mm. in a really cool way. So like it's it. a... It's a fun, beautiful peak with a variety of routes, and we can actually talk about parts of three of them today. So that that's what <laughs> makes it interesting. And I love that because you you mentioned the Northwest route and the Ellingwood route, and I have no experience with either of them. And so I'm getting the impression you have kind of a a hybrid version of those two <laughs> to put together. <laughs> I do. And so what I talk about will be animated by a very fun decision that was made. This was my sophomore year in college when a friend and I, uh, shout out to Jordan Elliott, who now lives in Portland, Oregon. We were going to college at Colorado College. We had a block break for CC kids. Block breaks are the thing. Get four days off at the end of every block. We went and we decided to hike some 14ers. And we had on the slate for our little trip a day hike one day, and then La Plata the second day, and then Elbert the third day. And Elbert will be, I'm sure, an upcoming episode. And so on the first day, we did La Plata. And just being what we were, we looked at the Jerry Roach book, and we saw that there were really three different routes. There's the Southwest Slopes route, there's the Northwest Ridge route, and then there's Ellingwood Ridge. And it is clear from Roach's glowing description that Ellingwood Ridge is this kind of technical mirage in the Swatch. Swatch does not have many technical routes on it. Oh, does not have sustained class three hiking. And we thought we're hardcore. We can do that. So we tried to go up the Ellingwood Ridge route, but the access for that is the same as the Northwest Ridge route. And then we ended up descending the standard route. So I can talk about those two routes. So I went through the Southwest route through uh, Winfield and through Chaffee County 390. So yeah, non-standard, definitely a, a fun hike in its own right though. So Zach, how did you get to the trailhead for the Northwest route? This is one of the reasons that La Plata, along with Elbert, are so frequently climbed along with some other peaks like Quandry and a few others. The access to the Northwest Ridge Route and Ellingwood Ridge is is really simple. It's off a state highway, Colorado 82, which connects essentially Twin Lakes to the town of Aspen via Independence Pass. So there's a parking lot situated right off of Colorado 82 that you can just park your car on. So the standard access for those two routes, it can be obtained in a passenger car, which is mm. one of a real advantage for some. It means you will have more crowds on La Plata as a result, and you'll probably have a lot more latecomers on La Plata because you have a lot more people that can just kind of try to casually hike it. Yeah. The parking lot will fill up a little bit, but people just kind of tend to string their cars along the highway. So I would offer that on the Greens and Blues podcast, Subi Scale, 
the trailhead access for the northwest route ranks a solid zero which means you can ride a bike to it you can roll a stroller up to it if you choose you can wheelchair it's wheelchair accessible Hope your um, grandma get up there. Yeah, there is no bathroom. That's the only mm. thing, the only drawback there. Yeah, everything is made easy. Like there's a serious creek crossing there with Lake Creek, but there's a very stout bridge to cross that on. It's vehicle accessible. So how about you? How's the uh, access like on the Southwest Ridge route, Eric? Yeah, so the Southwest Ridge is, yeah, you take Chaffee County 390 West and probably going to be a familiar road to many listeners because you can access, I think, five 14er trailheads from 390. So you have to go quite a ways down that road. And it's it's a gravel road. And it's washboarded like it's all It's washboarded sin. like crazy. It's, yeah, it's ridiculous. Once you get to Winfield, you can turn left and you'll go to Huron. You turn right and you'll get to the Southwest route for La Plata. And so you go up a little bit, you'll pass the Winfield Cemetery, and then it starts getting a little a little funky from there. So I think the Subaru has, you know, whatever, eight, nine inches of clearance. I think having another three or four inches like a Wrangler or a pickup might have definitely an advantage from that standpoint. So I think it's about two miles from the, the Winfield Cemetery to the trailhead. I probably made it up half a mile, maybe a little bit more. And there's one other car. I'll get that, to that in a second, but it gets... A little bit funky and it i was doing it in the dark it was like five in the morning so it was a little hard to see around so i think on the subi scale it's probably you're gonna prefer to walk it rather than try to to drive it because you don't know what you're gonna kind of bottom out on if you want to try and go all the way we saw that coming down there was only one car at the trailhead and it was a wrangler unlimited so i think Subarus are going to want to steer clear, maybe go up a little bit, but but there's a fair amount of parking on that road. So you can find some spaces to kind of sneak in between some trees and even off the road a little bit, there's probably some good camping spots too. So if you want to go that way, I think the Southwest route has some options there too. Yeah. If, if your intention is to do dispersed camping the night before, I would heartily recommend the Southwest Ridge route. I've camped along that road a couple times to do other peaks. So Winfield Peak and Virginia Peak and West Virginia Peak, the, those are 13ers to the south. But that road has a number of kind of dispersed camping options where you can pull out a tent or as the people that I saw a couple years ago had multiple tents and dogs and uh, had a speaker set up in, in the trees Plenty of room for that stuff at a couple places along there. So that's better for dispersed camping. The Northwest Ridge and Ellingwood Ridge routes, there are no camping options immediately at the trailhead. There's not much dispersed camping along Colorado 82 either. There are a couple federal national forest campgrounds along that road. And you can, can find those and pay for those. And some of those are reserved in advance and some of those are first come first serve. There's also, if, if you don't mind dirt bagging it, sleeping in your car, there's a couple parking lots that you can park in, one for the Black Cloud Trailhead and a couple others where you can just kind of pull over to the side of the road. And then if you want dispersed camping, you can go to the trailhead for La Plata and Ellingwood Ridge, and you can drive in the road there back towards the North Fork of Lake Creek. 
but you have to go back in at least two miles and you'll get some dispersed camping spots. But that one is again, a little sketchier road. So mm. that's a, probably a three to four on the old Subi scale. Okay. You'll want to drive in a, a ways. What's more important there is clearance. It's not so much an issue of traction, but there's a number of humps that have been plowed into the road for drainage reasons. And you can, you can probably high center on those if you're not careful. And the road has just gotten kind of wallowed out and bumpy, but there's some nice places to camp along there in particular at a couple of road junctions that go off towards Grizzly Peak and towards Sarah's Benchmark and a couple other spots. So, Well, let's talk about the hike itself. You want to kick it off with your Northwest slash Ellingwood hybrid route? This is um, Zach special. And this, this was the Zach Simpson, Jordan Elliott special. Um, <laughs> so yeah, this was a very good friend of mine from college. We decided to, to do this quote unquote, hardcore route because uh, you're not hardcore unless you live hardcore. Yes, we right? know that we learned that from uh, a few episodes ago. Yeah. So we, we were full on intent on doing the Ellingwood Ridge route. And if you go on 14ers.com, there are photo descriptions of the Ellingwood Ridge route. And what we had was not photo descriptions, but we had Jerry Roach's very lean, somewhat prosaic description of the route. <laughs> and we did not perhaps go far enough into the, the basin to gain Ellingwood Ridge. So if you imagine, we have to paint images with words here, entering into La Plata is like a horseshoe, mm -hmm. kind of upside down horseshoe, like the Indianapolis Colts team symbol. That's right. And La Plata Peak would be at the upper right hand part of that horseshoe. The entire left hand part that kind of circles around that to the summit is Ellingwood Ridge. It's a sawtooth ridge. To gain that ridge, you have to go all the way to the bottom of that left hand part of the horseshoe. Okay. My friend and I did not do that. Jordan and I looked at it and this probably should have been a sign said, wow, that looks really hard. But we were committed at that point. We had been kind of going up into this cirque. And so what we ended up doing was like a probably worse version of the Ellingwood Ridge route where we gained the Ellingwood Ridge by climbing up Scree in the middle of the cirque oh my. and finding essentially like a Scree ramp or a couloir. Would it be a coolar in the winter? It was September, so it didn't have snow in it. And going up this ridiculously chossy, screed out ramp and gaining Ellingwood Ridge probably about a quarter mile before Ellingwood Ridge turns and goes to the summit. We didn't have the sustained class three climbing of Ellingwood Ridge, but we probably increased the level of stupidity by at least <laughs> three or four factors. We substituted stable but difficult rock for ridiculously loose and difficult rock is what that's, we did. That's remarkable that you even found that Kular because I'm just thinking of some of my own experiences when I've tried to do silly things like that. To even find something that you could successfully ascend is, that's pretty remarkable. Like what, what would you class rate what you climbed to get to the ridge? Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I would say probably the difficulty was never hand over hand. It was just really chossy and steep. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, so two plus probably slash two three, but 
but yeah. just dumb. I, I was looking at pictures. I, I pulled up my old, uh, these are literally photos. They're not They're actual photos. Digital. Yeah. Yep. And I was looking at pictures of La Plata and I, I couldn't recall exactly where we entered on the ridge, but I do recall this weird experience of climbing up over and onto the ridge and kind of topping out on the ridge and looking down at what we'd come down and just thinking, dang, that was dumb. What in um, the world did we just do? <laughs> yeah. From then on, the peak was a, a walk in the park. <laughs> we burned a lot of calories. And from then on, there was a little bit of kind of class three dodginess. It's probably where if you look at the Ellingwood Ridge route on 14ers.com, the ridge looks a little bit more simplified, mm. gets easier. That's probably about where we topped out. We then kind of walked along the ridge, summited, had a brilliant few moments on the summit, and then we descended the standard route. And when we descended the standard route the whole time, we were like, this is easy. Why didn't <laughs> we, we do this in the first place? We do this. Uh, Colorado 14ers initiative on the standard route has done lovely work of inserting logs and mm -hmm. getting rid of erosion and making sure there's a defined trail. And that was the case even in 1998. So when we did that, it was, it was a walk in the park. I'm sure going up that would be a lot harder. But for us, where we had just done all this kind of complicated route finding, not really route, there wasn't a route. We just kind of made it up as we went along. Yeah, yeah. Ended up topping out kind of short of the summit and then working our way up to the top. It was a very different experience than I'm sure it is for, for most people that hike it on the, the Northwest Ridge. So I cannot fully rate either the Ellingwood Ridge route or the standard route because I didn't really follow either. I did a bushwhack route, which was literally bushwhack through the trees to get up into this cirque. And then it just kind of started ascending towards this ridge. I would not recommend what I did. I would give my route a zero out of five on any scale. <laughs> take the standard route or take or do what Eric did. Or if you're so inclined, do the Ellingwood Ridge, but do it correctly. What was your experience like on La Plata, Eric? Yeah. So on the Southwest Ridge, there was one car along with me the whole way up to the trailhead. And it's funny, I, again, five in the morning, dark out, I roll down my windows and I say, hey, you all trying to get to La Plata? And it was probably a seven, eight second delay before someone said, yeah. I said, okay, great. So I just drove on a little bit further and parked up a little bit further from where they were and got my stuff ready. And they kind of walked by me as I was finishing getting ready and they didn't say anything. They didn't nod their heads toward me or anything. And so I thought, this is kind of interesting. <laughs> so I started hiking up and it's, it's pretty standard as approaches go. You're kind of going through forest and you cross a couple of streams. Eventually I catch them and I find out that there are four people, two are from Russia and two are from Ukraine. And of those four, three of them really didn't speak much English at all. And the one that responded to me is the one that does speak English. And she lives in Denver with her husband. So, uh, and this was, I think, her 24th or 25th 14er. So she mm -hmm. has some experience. Her friends had never summited a 14er before. So that in and of itself was a kind of a fun start to, to all of this. Yeah, the route kind of come up through the approach and kind of top out around tree line and we'll go through some willows and eventually you make it up to about 
12.1, and I love what Dr. Jerry says about this on the Southwest Ridge. He says, you hike northwest up a steep, scruffy class two slope. I love that he described it as as scruffy. I think that was really, I think that was kind of funny. That's that's very um, that's, that's roachish, a, a roachish, and that's that's a that's a word image, right? Uh, yeah, right. Um, uh, but you know what? When he says scruffy, I know exactly what he's talking about. Yeah, and that, what's funny is, <laughs> I think it's actually pretty accurate. That that slope, it's it's steep. It's there's some scree in there. Is there a trail? Or, or route finding? It's mostly trail. Yeah, you can find you can find a good trail. Actually, on the way down, I tried to go off trail to try and make it easier and more stable, and that was a complete failure. So I think just staying on the trail both ways is probably the right way to go. But yeah, it was it took some effort to get up that thing, and it's especially going down. I mean, you you got your trekking poles out for you to help kind of get some leverage and balance because that sucker wasn't easy, but. Eventually, you you get to the top of that slope, and you get to right around twelve eight, and I think it's worth taking a little aside here because you mentioned Sayers Benchmark. So, when you go up the Southwest Route and you get up to about twelve eight, you come to a saddle between La Plata to your right and Sayers Benchmark to your left. I didn't know what it was at the time, but I looked over at it and said, "Oh, that looks looks kind of two plus ish." Maybe if we have some extra time, maybe I'll try to give that a go. It's a really good thing that I didn't. If you look on the .com, you can look at the 13ers list. You might miss the link for Sayers Benchmark because it just says Sayers BM. That's all it says. And I think the BM is appropriate for that one because (laughs) Bill Middlebrook lists it as class four. And Jerry Roach, I love this. He... Does he give you so extra his, credit for that one? No. So so he has these headers for everything, and it's whether it's a trailhead or a 14er or, like you said, an extra credit for a 13er nearby. Sayers is a 13-7 13er, and it should be classified as extra credit. But his header for it simply says, bad idea. Like, don't do this because <laughs> he calls it devious, horribly rotten, and exposed, and it's produced serious accidents. And so I am very glad I did not go with the temptation to try to hike that thing because I don't know how SAR would have gotten to me if I would have tried to do that silly thing. But it looked intriguing from the saddle, but thankfully I didn't go for it. Now, we should say that if you do choose to hike Sarah's Benchmark, there's a much easier route from, yes. from the Northwest. <laughs> from the other side, yeah. From the other side. In fact, there's there's a partial road that goes up Sarah's Benchmark, <laughs> and I've hiked a good stretch of that road before a storm came in. Mm. So if 13ers interest you and Sarah's BM interests you, <laughs> then I would heartily suggest going from the, on the Northwest Ridge route. Uh, this is something that you'll find on a lot of Sawatch Peaks. It will have usually two or three aspects to the peak and two of uh, one or two of them will be really easy mm. a walk up and in La Plata's case you have essentially two aspects that are a walk up and then you'll have a third aspect that is rotten loose chossy screeish yep. sand um <laughs> death pit <laughs> horns of moloch yeah um, exactly and that, so it's good to keep keep in mind that if you look at a Swatch Peak and you go, I don't know how anyone could do that. Keep in mind that probably from another angle, it's, it is doable. 
So for sure. Sounds like you had that moment of like, oh, I think yeah. I could do that. Oh yeah. That was it was dumb. But and what else was funny was from Sayers Benchmark, if you continue to kind of the northwest, we saw people on the ridge not too far from there. And and they weren't driving, they were hiking, but it was pretty clear that there was a very doable path not too far from there. So I think I think that was a good visual of what you just said that depending on which aspect you go on, there's there's a doable way and there's a just stay away and because it's a bad idea. So from that saddle, you turn right, go towards your goal of La Plata. And from there, your next goal is this very high rock wall. But in between, there's this beautiful hike that on either side, you can see down into the, if you look to, the, to your right, to the south, down the valley, you just hiked up. You can see Huron in the distance. It is very prominent. And to the north, it's just beautiful views of everything. Uh, I think you can even see massive from there. And so that hike itself is is really cool, but it's pretty short. And then you come to this this rock wall where you're going to gain about a thousand feet of elevation and you'll find some trail segments. And if you don't see one, you'll find some cairns. And if you don't see one of those, you just got to kind of make it up because that's that's kind of what Middlebrook calls the crux of the route. It's just a slog and there's, there is some route finding, but it's really just putting in effort to get up this thing. And eventually you top out on that and you can see most of the rest of the route after that because you top out around 14 at that point and you see this ridge with some bumps in it and you want to just kind of stay on to the left of that ridge. You don't want to summit each little bump as you go because you're eventually going to have to go down again anyways because you're going to meet up with the northwest route not too far from the summit actually. So that's actually a good spot to kind of stop and take notice of where you're at so that when you go back, you're going back the right way, going back the Southwest route versus the Northwest route, unless you want to hitchhike all the way around Twin Lakes and then back around 390 again. So, but from there, you're joining all your new friends and everyone is going up to the summit as one big happy family. And it's not far from there. So that's, that's the Southwest Ridge of, of La Plata, a couple of tougher spots and a nice spot to try to avoid in Sayers Benchmark, but otherwise it was, that's a really nice route. I, I really enjoyed that. And sounds like that's a nice non-standard alternative that allows you to do something more like hiking. Whereas the standard route, that's a very well-worn path that mm. it's a very intelligent trail too, right? It goes, it goes up where it needs to go up. It has a lot of switchbacks it's probably 10 times as many people do that, or maybe a hundred times as many people do that as do the route that you were on. So if you're looking for, a, I think, a more interesting route, Southwest Ridge route, I think is perhaps the way to go. Although we probably shouldn't say that because then people do it, but. Well, the fact that it, it's a shorter round trip and there's less elevation gain as well, kind of, to me, that it made that a lot more attractive. And I think we just, we learned as we were hiking it that there were a lot less people and it just, it made the overall hike just a lot more enjoyable. I think part of that's access. I think mm -hmm. the, the standard route is so accessible no, it's a good call. and it's also easier. So it's more of a, more of a walk, whereas your route required a little bit more effort. So what would you say the allure of La Plata is, Eric? We talked about this with Uncompagric too. The views are just, they're spectacular and you can see for on a clear day for for miles south to to Huron to Belford and Oxford and Missouri 
You can look up to Massive and Elbert. And like you said, it's, it's a fun hike. If you want to do something that's a little more straightforward, then yeah, it sounds like the Northwest route is probably a good way to go. But if you want something that's a little more challenging, takes a little more effort, maybe a tiny bit of route finding, the Southwest route is is really nice too. So I think it stands out a little bit from a lot of its other Sawatch neighbors. There's a little more challenge to it. And there's beautiful views from not just the summit, but even some of the other pathways on the way up. So oh, what do you think? And looking back at my photos, I realize very much the same. I had that feeling of being surrounded by peaks mm. and this sensation of really having accomplished something too. Oh yeah. Um, you, you really did accomplish something. <laughs> we really did. We, we accomplished not dying. Uh, or not not caterwauling down a mountain yeah. that day. Yeah, the views are are really beautiful. And for those people that are fit, if you go the standard route, you can be up there in short order. It is about nine and a half miles, but those are not a brutal nine and a half miles. They're yeah. that's a, a relatively that's a class one hike on a trail. So it does have that advantage for those that are maybe starting out. Or maybe have done a couple of the really easy ones and want to do one a little harder. La Plata works for that. And yep. then to be surrounded by by beautiful views. The Sawatch is, is a really great range. It's pretty expansive. It's not as big or as jagged or as alpine-ish as the San Juans, but <laughs> but it's got it. It's a it's a lovely view. And I would include some of the 13ers there, a peak that Eric and I hiked, Mount Hope. Yeah, Hope is, was great. Is, is to the east. That's a fun looking kind of plateau for a summit. Yep. Grizzly Peak is to the to the west. And on a clear day, you can see the Elks. So you can see mm -hmm. the Maroon Bells and Pyramid. And those are those are very picturesque peaks. Yep, for sure. So how would you uh rate this? I'll get three hot takes from you here, Eric. In short order, how would you rate the difficulty? I would say as far as and, and I'll compare it to the rest of the Sawatch. It was somewhat difficult and more more from an effort standpoint. Just it it took some you had to take some breaks and you had to kind of take your time. A couple of places you had to kind of find what the best way up was gonna be. So it wasn't easy. It's not like trying to hike up Bierstadt for the fifth time or whatever. It's it it takes a little bit to get there. So difficulty, it's not long's peak, but it's probably a no, a five or a six, I think, which is pretty good for a Sawatch 14er, I think. So uh, what about yours the... is probably going to be way, way higher than that. <laughs> Mine's a split rating. Mine's <laughs> a, uh, I mean, a Ellingwood Ridge really would be someone that is willing to do sustained class three climbing. And with price splashes of class four thrown in there, unless your route finding is impeccable, mm. you're going to have to probably correct some mistakes at some point. Now, the route that I took, the Simpson Elliott route, I would not recommend. I would say that's a seven. The standard route, probably give it a three or a four. Mm, okay. So we'll split rating. Yeah. I would say in terms of the what we like to call the grunt factor. Yeah. I would give again a split rating. I would say going up into the cirque and climbing up a scree slope and hoping that you attain a ridge at a certain point, that's gotta be a nine for me. Oh um, gosh. That's that's the definition of dumb, but you know, you do things when you're 19 years old, oh, gosh. Uh, the descent or 
rather if if I was to ascend what I descended the standard route, I would say the grunt factor is probably a four or five there. It's not easy, but but it's also not super hard. Okay. How about you for the level of effort that you have to put into it? Yeah, I, I think I'd go with like a five or a six again. It, there's a few spots where you you really need to get your legs under you and, and you're huffing and puffing as you go up a couple of those spots. So there's definitely some sweat and definitely some effort getting into uh, getting to the summit from the Southwest route. So how about when it comes to just overall beauty of the summit of the route? I think this would change with time. I think mm. that my experience of that peak was of a lonely peak in late September where I had the summit to myself with a, with a, a really dear friend and that can't help but inform my rate. You know, I think it's a top notch peak. I think it was mm. one of my favorite peak experiences. And I mean that in the sense of a peak experience where like, mm-hmm. I, I feel really good. I get mountain high and also just being on top of a mountain, but yeah, I, for me, it would uh, the the kind of the golden colors of late fall, the aspens had turned. It was it was gorgeous. It was you know it was a nine or a ten in my book. But if I was surrounded by crowds and some guy, you know, playing a cello on the top of the mountain, I'm not sure what I would <laughs> what I would feel. How about how about you, Eric? Yeah, I give it a solid nine. It, it's just a great experience overall. Yeah, the beauty was great. Good company, a fun route, a little bit of challenge, but just a really enjoyable experience. So yeah, I'd, I'd give it a solid nine. So I love this feature. You came up with this for our uh, Uncompagre episode. If the peak was a song, what would La Plata peak be, Zach? So the obvious choice for me, the runner up was Man on the Silver Mountain by Ronnie James Dio, because oh, La Plata man. is literally a silver mountain. And I suggest all of you go listen to Dio's Man on the Silver Mountain. But I can't help but separate this experience out from hiking with a dear college friend who is a big fan of Metallica. And so I would say the song for me has got to be Nothing Else Matters, which is a song about brotherhood, love, friendship. That was one of the most golden moments of my late teens being on my own with a good friend, eating burnt burritos and burnt refried beans out of the back of my truck and hiking with a friend and drinking beer at night. And so for me, I can't help but think of Jordan when I think of La Plata and I can't help but think of what it meant to feel alive at that moment. So for me, that's, it's nothing else matters. That's a good call. I like it. How about you, Eric? If this was a song, what kind of song would it be? Let's think of a song. So that's a great call. Nothing else matters. Like you said, kind of brotherhood. and But there's also kind of this driven, like, we're going to do this. We're so close, no matter how far. And we're just, we're getting towards this goal. I think maybe somewhat on the opposite side of that spectrum (laughs) is where my song ends up landing. So I'm choosing a song called Sunshine by a singer-songwriter named Skylar Fisk. So in the music industry, Skylar Fisk, it's kind of an open secret. She's the daughter of Sissy Spacek. So, But she's a talented artist in her own right, too. So this song, it's very breezy. It's very poppy. It's very upbeat. 
And I think it really describes, like we were just talking about, the overall experience on the mountain, a fun hike, it was good company, the sun was out pretty much all day. So it was just overall a very pleasant experience. So I'm going to go with Sunshine by Skylar Fisk. I love it. Happy and um, (laughs) and then nothing matter hurls on the other end of that. (laughs) That's not a bad headfield right there. Oh, thank you. Nothing matter hurls. (laughs) I don't know why he does that. It's such a tender song. He wrote it about a woman he was in love with, and I'm not sure why it's matter hurls. But yeah, you go. He always he always adds a little tale of something onto every phrase that extra there that you were expecting. It's 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 as if the song wasn't metal enough and he wanted to make it more metal. So last part here to talk about is once you're done with the hike and you want to go enjoy some some eats, the closest nearby towns are Leadville and as the locals would call it, Buena Vista, but I will not uh, say that because I'm from New Mexico and that's a corruption of a language. <laughs> that's right. Buena Vista. It is um, Buena Vista. So for me, my pick today is the House Rock Kitchen in Buena Vista. If you like a dynamite green chili cheeseburger with gluten-free options, I might add. It's, it does, yep. And really good fries, good beer, or in my case, a nice glass of red wine to go with my green chili cheeseburger. I would heartily recommend the House Rock Kitchen in Buena Vista. Yeah, I think you and I have eaten there once or twice. My family's eaten there a few times. Like you mentioned, the gluten-free options make it a lot easier to eat there. And it's just, it's a nice environment. It's great food. Yeah. House Rock is a, is a great call. And I don't know if it's been there that long. It's been sure there seems about pretty new. seven to seven or eight years, I believe. Yeah. I think sounds before, about right. before that, the kind of the resident spot, which is a very good place to eat is, was Eddie line. Brew yeah, that's, that's my and pick is Eddie line. Eddie line's good stuff. Yeah. They got good burgers. And I remember I, maybe I shouldn't tell the story. There's, there was one burger option. I think it was a special where our server mentioned it's got green chili and pepper jack cheese. And I thought, oh, this sounds great. And then she said, and it has arugula. And I said, oh, you had me until arugula. So I went with something else. But they do have they have great burgers. It's yeah, great atmosphere. So yeah, if it's not House Rock, then I think it's Eddie Line. I think both those places are great. I think there's a guy that's been working in the bar at Eddie Line for, and the restaurant that's in old Buena Vista, he's been working in the bar. I think his name is Michael. He's been working there for long, as long as I've been going there, at least 10 years. And if you go sit at the bar, he's a solid dude. He's a really nice guy. You should chat him up. He's he's good. He's good people. So Eric, what is coming up next on the Greens and Blues podcast? So... Next episode, Zach, we're going to talk about the basics that everyone should know. So I think there's probably a good handful of things that younger hikers or hikers that are just starting out wanting to kind of get into things just might not be intuitive to hiking in the mountains, hiking 14er specifically. So we'll go through some of the basics that really everyone should be aware of when we're on the mountain. And remember to hit us up at greensandbluespodcast at gmail.com. And thanks for listening.